you know, you it's it's going to be helpful in the long run to try and spend the one-on-one time with them to learn what their quirks are even this early like how do they like this how do they like this and being at home gives you the space for that hello and welcome to mother the mother i am mclean mcgowan this podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically sister to sister mother to mother to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today's episode was a really fun one for me. It is with my current client and friend, Kristen Delaney of Cam Jewelry. You might remember she was on a couple months ago, episode 22. She's a jewelry designer and maker and mother now of two. And she'd kind of joked around like, let's do an interview from bed during my first 40 days since I'm working with her. And I was like, that is a genius idea. Let's do that. So we did it yesterday. Her daughter is now 17 days old and it felt really organic since I am working with Kristen. Obviously, during the sacred first 40 days, you're not supposed to do a lot, but this was um, really just us lying in her bed, which is the most comfortable little nest ever and talking, you know, girlfriend to girlfriend. And she's so open. She's so generous. She has such a strong meditation practice, you really see it in her lifestyle and her mothering. And it's just, it's so inspiring. And she really just takes it all, you know, so lovingly and in such a chill way, which is really, really cool to see because I feel like the postpartum anxiety and depression is so real. And we're also putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to do everything so correct and so right all the time. And, you know, that's kind of the shadow side of education. I mean, I'm I'm very pro education, but you know, when we just think there's this one right way or this one kind of um line of thinking or school of thought, we get very attached to it or it's common to get attached to it. So, I really acknowledge that in her that she shows up and then she will course correct when she needs to and she doesn't stress about it. She doesn't add the stress of the unknown. And of course, having a second baby, so many of the kind of early on logistics are so much easier. So if you're listening and you're about to have your first baby or you have your first baby, just know this is a very calm second time mama. Um, And we all have our own journey, but it was really fun and an honor. And I'm really so passionate about sharing stories in real time because I think when we look to the past, we, you know, the story changes and we've analyzed, we've overanalyzed, we've picked apart, we've gone to therapy, we've worked through a lot of the things. And when you're in real time, it's just so honest. And it's what you're feeling now, day to day, sometimes even hour to hour. So I really appreciated her opening up the space for us to do it. I hope you enjoy the listen and other things going on. I am going to be doing a grief celebration circle. I'll be giving more information about that. But I think it's going to be October 29th. 
And again, I will share more info as it approaches with Take Care Body Mind Studio Shop on Abbott Kinney. I'm really excited about that to honor grief and loss and the transition of all of that and how it's such an important part of our lives. It's so important. It's so integral to our life. And we often don't pause or sit with it because we're scared of it. Uh, We don't want to be sad. We don't want to relive it. But in not looking at it, we often just push it down and then it becomes a bigger trauma in our nervous systems. So this is really opening up a space for that. And it's around the day of the dead when that energy is around us, honoring our ancestors, honoring our family lineage, um, and opening up to the shadow side, autumn, my favorite time of the year, which I've shared, um, is really honoring the shadow side, the darkness, a Scorpio season, death, rebirth, um, not being fearful to look at the underbelly. So um, if you're in LA and are working with any of those themes, I would love to have you there. It's going to be an intimate circle and really looking forward to that. And what else? Um, Continuing on with my motherhood coaching sessions via Zoom. So reach out to me if you are interested in learning more about that. And I have some, um, a lot of new things cooking for the new year, class-wise, workshop-wise, and online. So I will continue to keep you posted as those things evolve and are ready to be shared. Um, thank you all so much for your support. It means everything to me. This is such a co-creation with all of us and for all of us. We all need this sisterhood. We all need this advice, mother to mother, sister to sister, friend to friend. And um, I couldn't be doing this without any of you. And please, as always, DM me or email me with topics you would like to hear discussed or people you think would be amazing to have on to interview. That's always really helpful as well. And um, sending you all love today. Much love always in all the ways. Jema. So I'm sitting here in Kristen Delaney's bed. <laughs> within the first 40 days, within her first 40 days. And As you know, Kristen was a guest of mine talking about jewelry and babies well into her pregnancy, episode 22. And now this is episode 32, just happens to be that way, which kind of feels nice and like completion. Um, So I am serving as Kristen's postpartum doula. And we kind of joked about doing an episode from her bed and here we are. So um, we're sharing a mic, so be patient. Literally in her bed, she has baby and a little papoose on her chest and she's still running her business and resting and being a mom to a toddler. So here we are. And you might hear her toddler in the background, not wanting to nap. Anyway, without further ado, Kristen, tell me or tell us where you are right now, how you're feeling and if you feel like sharing your birth story. This is so real life right now. (laughs) I believe before we started this, we're like, let's just wait for the toilet to flush and then and then we'll start. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling feeling good. I will say round two. Oh, yep, there's baby as well. Um, round two feels a lot easier than round one in a lot of ways. 
Yeah. And I'm of course happy to share my birth story. I think we joked that my birth was so fast that hopefully our podcast isn't longer than my actual (laughs) birth. So, I mean, where do you, where do you want to start? Do you want to, should we start with birth and then like, you know, dig into the first 40 days? Um, so I guess there was a lot of things different. Everyone says every birth is different, but obviously you only have the experience that you've had to compare it to. And so I promised myself, I was like, I'm not going to get caught up in the fact that everyone's telling me that I'm going to go early because I just grow babies so big. And everyone's like, no, you're definitely going to go early. And then of course I got caught up in it. So, you know, my due date rolls around and I'm like, how am I still pregnant? (laughs) And then a day and two days and five days and seven days rolled around and I was 10 days late with Dakota and I was like, this is just like not, this is not real life right now. Like I just couldn't, could not believe I was still, I was still pregnant. Um, and on day 11 is when she decided to, decided to join us. Yeah. So I had done, I mean, you know, all the ev- eviction techniques. Do you have a favorite eviction technique for? No. <laughs> no. It's still, it's always divine timing. It is. All the things that we try to do. I mean, I feel like sometimes it's just an exercise in futility, but sometimes you just got to try them. So it's peace of mind. Mm-hmm. But I just do want to add to that, that you had basically one, how many more days until you needed to go to the hospital? Cause you were going for, you're shooting for home birth. Mm-hmm. So you, you were on the clock because the midwife will only let you go so far at home. So you had two more days or three more days because you birthed on a Saturday. I had till Tuesday. Okay, so she birthed on Saturday, but she had till Tuesday. So just catching you guys up. So there was that kind of like watching the clock situation going on. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with home birth, but I think it is legally. uh, Legally, the midwife can only deliver up to two weeks past you. And and even like past that 41 mark, you're, you know, you have to go in for the non-stress tests and the monitors. And I'm sure a lot of this stuff is optional. I opted to do it. Um, and because none of it's crazy, like invasive. It's just you're monitoring heart rate and things like that to make sure that you have enough fluid and that, you know, that she's doing well in there post- post 41 weeks. Right. And it also probably depends on your midwife mm-hmm. and how kind of adherent of those things are. And how loosey-goosey they Yeah. Are. <laughs> and we have Davy, who's amazing. We love. And she's, I would, she's a nurse. Um, she's a nurse midwife. So she's into doing those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I obviously wanted to try all the things because I was shooting for home birth and I really felt like I had a good I really felt like I was going to happen this time. So I didn't want to get up to, you know, 10 days and I haven't even done like a sweep or I hadn't done, you know, enough walking or all of the, all the things. So at 11 days, I'd actually done uh, five or six sweeps, something like that. (laughs) And luckily Davey has a a delicate touch. (laughs) Because I have heard nightmare stories about people like getting sweeps and it's just like a horrible experience. But, you know, Davy does one where like she does a sweep and then you walk 30 minutes and she's another one. And then like that Saturday that I, that I gave birth to Kit, I had done three. So you'd sweep, 
walk 20 minutes, sweep, walk 20 minutes, sweep, go home. And that seemed to uh, to do the trick. I would just also like to say that week you came over to walk with me. And I was like, we can go hiking or in the neighborhood. You're like, whatever. Let's just, you know, we'll play it by ear. And you showed up in flip-flops. And I was like, wait, what? No, we're walking this baby out. <laughs> you're like, literally can't fit them on my feet. So you did a great job. Yeah, I can't, I can't fit shoes on my feet. But also I'm used to walking on the beach, which requires no shoes. I'm a very prepared hiker. <laughs> also, Kristen is the most relaxed mom and new mom I've ever met. And I say that like in the best way possible. Okay, so you did the sweeps and then, and I'll fill in with my side of your birth story after you share yours. So okay. keep moving forward. I'll, I'll keep going here. Um, yeah, so I had done, I had done the sweeps um, even like, because I just like really didn't want to get in a situation. I was supposed to go back on Monday to go see the OB. Um, and then he wanted to schedule the induction on that Monday. So I just like really didn't want to go to that appointment. Didn't want to go at all. So <laughs> I even did like two tablespoons of castor oil when I got home from Davies. I just shot it like a shot glass. I didn't know that you could like mix it with stuff. So, you know, lesson learned there. It's really disgusting. <laughs> But I just wanted to do that. Like, it's a, such a little amount of castor oil that, like, chances of that having that much of an effect are pretty small. But I wanted to at least give it give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I walk to our local grocery store and, you know, get some food because Davey was like, go home and, like, walk a little bit more. And, you know, Billy and I are watching TV. We put Dakota down for a nap. And, and up until this point, like, I probably had early labor symptoms for two weeks, which I had none of with Dakota. So I like was like, what is happening? Like, you know, contractions here or there, or like, you know, losing my plug, but losing my plug for like a whole week. And we all know that losing your plug doesn't really mean a whole lot because um, it just keeps regenerating. But like a lot of... So what were the contractions like? I mean, do they feel like Braxton Hicks or like pretty intense? Um, no, they were definitely more than Braxton Hicks, but still things that I could like breathe through or talk through. My friend Tasha, I was like, every time you feel and like do squats, I'm like doing like air squats every, every single time a contraction hits just to get things going. So we're sitting, we put Dakota down, we're like sitting. I'm definitely like having more movement and my husband, Billy, was like, oh, I'm going to go run an errand. Is that okay? I look at him. I'm like, yeah, like probably not. Like, I, no, I shouldn't be home by myself with like a sleeping toddler. Mm-hmm. And just this isn't a good idea. So luckily, my friend Rachel, who is also my doula, um, was able to just, I was like, let me call Rachel. Just have her come over and hang out with me at least while you're gone. She won't mind doing that. And so she brings her whole bag of tricks and like, we're timing it and it's going from like three minutes to seven minutes to, you know, kind of back and forth, but that's like an hour and then it's like moving pretty close to three minutes. So for those of you who don't know, you're supposed to, the second time around, you're supposed to call your midwife at five minutes, five minutes apart when they're happening, when the contractions are a minute long, five minutes apart for an hour. And if you sail past that, they need to come like right away because you're, you're moving, the train is train is moving fast. And so it had already been three minutes and Rachel was like, yeah, I think we need to call Davey. So Davey came pretty much within 20 minutes. And when she got there, I was already six centimeters. So we were in active labor at that point. And 
we called Billy back, obviously, and we're like, you need to come home. So, you know, Rachel's got me with heat packs and I'm like, kind of like just moving through them, you know, in on the ball and like the living room, kind of breathing through them. And then after Davey checked me, I got in the shower because that's kind of where I like to be. I spent a lot of time in the shower with Dakota because we didn't have a tub. And obviously a shower is quicker. You don't have to like fill up the tub, even though we had the tub all blown up already. And so Rachel's kind of in there with me and we even like, I'm just like on all fours in the shower. She's just like kind of hitting my lower back with like super hot water and, you know, just helping me work through each one. And, oh, and then at one point I was like kind of starting to puke. And so I didn't, I mean, I can't say I've like researched a lot about the progression of birth, but obviously luckily Rachel knows what's going on. She was like, knew that that's like a sign of transition, which she told me later. Um, And I think she she was just so surprised. She's like, I brought all of these things in my bag. I didn't use a single one of them because she got there maybe like one o'clock and, you know, Davy's there by 2.15 and, you know, the whole thing's over an hour after that. So, um, yeah, we had, everything was just like moving so quickly. So then I decided I wanted to get out of the shower. I was maybe going to get in the tub for a little bit. And you can edit this if you want. I don't know like how graphic we want to go on this podcast. Okay. Um, because another sign of transition is pooping. And anyone that's had a baby knows that pooping is another transition or another sign of transition, of which luckily I did not experience with Dakota. But (laughs) I literally stood up from the shower and just like projectile pooped on a on a parachute towel, which I literally I look at Billy and I go, I'm sorry, because they're such nice towels. <laughs> we have all these crappy towels everywhere. And of course, you know, I couldn't poop on, you know, I had to poop on the nice towel, which I don't think we've ever recovered, which is sad. <laughs> so that's a big regret. It's a big regret at this moment. Um, so I think everyone realized that this is like, this is, you know, she's puking, now she's pooping, like, this is happening. Davy's like, do you want to sit on the toilet? I'm like, yes, because I'm still so devastated about pooping on the towel. Um, and then I sat on the toilet, pooped like a teeny bit more, and then my water broke in there. Her head was there. So that was, and I remember like staring at Davy, like, like, what? Like, what? Like, just eyes so wide. Because not that my birth with Dakota was long, but definitely longer than this. And like, you know, so much more happened in that time. So the fact that her head was there was ridiculous. And Davey knew that I'd probably want to like birth on the on the bed on all fours. That was like, seemed to be the most comfortable position for me. So she's literally holding the head, not in, but like holding it up so that, you know, nothing falls, the baby doesn't fall out. And we waddle over to the bed. And I literally am on like the far, for those of you that aren't sitting in my bed with us right now. Sad for you because it's so cozy in her bed. I can't leave. McLean has spent a lot of time just like relaxing in my bed lately. Um, You know, for whatever reason, I chose to be on like this far, far edge of the bed where there was like zero plastic protection. (laughs) Rest of the bed, fully protected in plastic. Of course, like this one section not protected in plastic. 
And, you know, that's all fours. That's where I birthed her. I do remember for those of you who haven't watched Call the Midwife, I highly recommend it as birth prep because she was like, at one point, Dave was like, oh, pant because the head's there and like they want the head to come out slowly, I guess. And panting still allows everything to contract without like the brute force of pushing. So when she said that, I was like, I remember that from the show. I know how to do so what that. Does that look like you're just like, yeah, like, uh-huh. like literally yeah. like pant like a dog. So I guess the uterus still like pushes her head out slowly. That's cool. Yeah. I've never done that. I, it, it's, I, I really thought it was just on the show. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad I watched that show. Uh, yeah. And Billy ended up catching her and she came out the right way. And, you know, it looked between my legs and the, the cord was short. And so I could only like, they couldn't really like hand her to me quite as much because it was a shorter cord. So like, I was just looking at her feet and I was like, it's fine. Like I'll flip over and all that kind of stuff. So, and maybe I'll let you weigh in now before I, cause the really only drama of the whole thing is like the placenta. Okay, we'll go yeah. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. Keep going to the placenta. So I flip over and they lay her on me. And I guess because it was a, a short birth, sometimes the uterus doesn't contract enough to let the placenta fully release because you haven't had that many contractions. And for any of, if any of these facts are incorrect and you're like a midwife or a doula, just ignore me. <laughs> it's all a miracle, you know, and every woman exactly. and everybody is so different. So it's just like, this is Kristen's experience and mm-hmm. it's not always everybody's obviously. And then also we have different caregivers that gives us different advice also. Yeah. So she could tell that like the top part of my placenta was still attached. So it like just wasn't releasing. And I ended up having to get five Pitocin shots, which those of you who have not had a shot of Pitocin, it's really painful. And she like just stabs it into your thigh. Oh, it's what they, it's because you got two of them. Yeah. Cause it's what they give you when you're at the hospital and trying to like spark birth, right? Well, they were giving it to me so that my uterus would contract and release the placenta because if it doesn't, then I like have to go to the hospital. And the idea of transferring to the hospital with with a placenta still birth. inside you and like and, and a, a baby. Yeah. After, that, home birth. after I've com- successfully completed the home birth, that's actually, I didn't even like, that wasn't even in my consideration of possibilities of things that were like potentially going to happen. And Davey wanted to like get an ambulance so that I could like lay down. And I just like really, it was the middle of the day. Like I do not want an ambulance pulling up to my house. I like, totally. like that was not the aesthetic that I was going for that day. And everyone like, uh, knowing that I'm pregnant and it's a whole big woo. It's just not something I wanted to do. I think once Davey threatened the ambulance, my body was like, oh yes, we do not want to do that. And so it finally released. And I was like, there was more celebration for the release of the placenta than there was for the birth of the actual baby. <laughs> like everyone was so overjoyed that 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 like had was done and had completed itself and whatever. Mind you, my toddler Dakota is still asleep during this. It's still nap time. <laughs> So she has officially missed the entire birth of her sister, of which I spent a lot of time preparing her with videos of birth and animal births, all wasted because she's sleeping. Um, But, you know, it kind of turned out better that way. I think, you know, hindsight, she may have been like a little stressed with how fast everything moved. Um, There wasn't a lot of like, 
you know, that calm, relaxing in the tub contraction visual that I think we all picture. So let's see. I mean, this part, you might want to edit because this part is a little bit traumatic and I didn't know this was like a possibility, but I guess, you know, you can get blood clots up there. And, um, you know, it was nothing like, it was nothing dire, but Davey wanted to get them out so that they weren't just like coming out of me postpartum. And, and she knows that I have like a, like my, my pain threshold is solid. Like we're pretty good. So when she told me to bite down on a cloth, (laughs) I was like, oh my God, (laughs) oh my God, this is so serious. (laughs) I didn't, these are all things that they don't prepare you for. <laughs> so she's telling me bite down on a cloth. Her assistant, Amy, who is amazing, is like holding my hand. I'm not really apt to hold people's hands for these types of things. So now I'm biting on a cloth, holding Amy's hand. And Davy literally goes into my body up to her elbow. Up to her elbow. Is that possible? <laughs> and like scoops out with her hand blood clots what <laughs> but I did like towards the end I like I look at her I go enough enough and luckily she had like, got him she had gotten everything she needed to get but like the placenta not releasing and then like scooping of the uh, blood clots were like two things that I was like okay it's good to know we can live through all of them but I didn't know it was a thing yeah and then after that, we relaxed and cleaned off the baby and yada, yada. <laughs> but yeah, and then Dakota woke up and was like, oh, I went to sleep and I woke up with a sister. She was very confused. <laughs> she was really excited that everyone was here because she knows Rachel and she knows Davey at this point. And so she like kind of thought it was like a like, party for her, I think. Like she was like pretty excited. Um, but yeah, she woke up with a sister, which is very strange. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I just like laughed hysterically and felt all of that like pain viscerally in my body. Ugh, I just love so much that you got your home birth. Me too. I mean, it's the greatest gift. I love when anyone gets the I love when anyone gets the birth that they were hoping for. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Oh man. Okay. So many things to say. It's really interesting sharing a mic because I can't just naturally interject like I like to. So basically my side of the story was about 12.45 that Saturday, you texted me, just took some castor oil, like feeling a little things. I'm like, what is, okay, what does that mean? And you're like, yeah, a couple of days feeling some things, but that is so vague and means many different things to many different people. So I was like, okay, you know, we'll see. But I also know that you air on chill vibes. So, you know, you feeling a little things is like other people feeling a lot of things. So, but really I was like, Probably maybe another couple of days, you know, maybe another day. Went to take a nap with Goldie Wolf. She took a mega three-hour nap, which never happens. I slept for like two hours with her. And I woke up and Rachel texted me, the baby's here. And I was like, what the what? I just took a nap and she's had her baby. So that was amazing. Your version of the story sounds much better than mine. I know. Well, you had to do the work. But it was it was just amazing. I, was, I remember telling David, I was like, oh, she just took castor oil. Okay, so maybe, you know, maybe tonight or tomorrow things will start. And then literally I go to take a nap and then I come out of her room, see David. I'm like, she had her baby. <laughs> he was like, what? 
Um, anyway, yeah, I'm just so, so happy when people get the birth that they want. It's incredible. And she's so beautiful. I'm staring at her right now. And, you know, the fact that you had tried for a home birth with the first and had to transfer to the hospital, which you had a fine acceptance with, which is amazing. Um, but, you know, I feel like you did so much of that work in the preparatory. So to actually be able to have all the stars align and be able to really get it this time is amazing. And it's such a gift. Mm-hmm. And you're so baller. It's so awesome. Um, and Davy's amazing. I mean, I just, you know, my love for her is deep. But I had a very similar thing too, which I've shared of, I should have go back in with the clots also. And I literally had such PTSD vagina that I couldn't even, she's like, butterfly your legs, you know, like yoga butterfly. I, my legs literally would not separate. They were shaking. And I had this weird convulsion where I was so cold that I couldn't quit shaking. She's like, I've never seen someone shake this much. But when you're sharing that, I literally like got chill bumps all over because in my story, David and Jemima had left it for him to take her to a birthday party. And I'd been bleeding a lot. So kind of on that fence of hemorrhage, trying to figure it out, she gave me some IV bags. So my friend who's a doula and was also kind of helping with childcare at the time came over, Celia, and had the baby in the other room. And I just remember, it's like literally burned in my brain, Davey just saying, Celia, you're going to hear McLean screaming and it's okay. And I was just like, what is about to happen? And it was, so, it was crazy. I mean, going back up for the clots when you have no drugs in your system and unmedicated, uh, no epidural, it, that was so much worse than the childbirth, like so much. But it is that fear of, you know, in which she says very clearly, like, we have to do this now or you're going to the hospital. And that is just the last thing in the world you want. So one thing I did want to speak to is that idea of like a second baby is just going to like pop out weeks ahead of time. So easy peasy, which sometimes it does happen that way. But I was so under the impression that both of mine were coming early, but definitely the second, definitely. And when friends would be like, you know, just don't attach to a date. I was like, "Uh, whatever. Like, I just know, I know it. I know my baby's coming early. And Goldie did come the day before her quote unquote due date, but I thought she was coming like two weeks early. But every, you know, every journey is just so different. And a couple of my second time mama friends recently have all gone uh, just up to the two week state. So there's never any, any one size fits all, that's for sure. She's not breastfeeding and putting on her headphones with one hand. I mean, the multitasking of moms. She also has a setup. I'll t- try to take a photo. Her tea setup, she does tea ceremonies and tea meditation every day. Then also all of her work set up and being relaxed and with a baby. It's it's pretty inspiring. Um, well, I think some of the things when it comes to postpartum that I should talk to that I did before her birth, because I had gone, I mean, I think a lot of your listeners, if they've been pregnant, may know of Dr. Berlin, who I saw all throughout Dakota's birth and then all throughout Kit's birth. Um, he, he actually encouraged me just to see this like, I think it's, I think she's an occupational therapist, but she does more like she was supposed to work on my tailbone. Um, but in working on my tailbone, she we kind of discovered that because I had one stitch with Dakota, um, I had scar tissue down there that was kind of painful. 
So my acupuncturist, between my acupuncturist and this woman at Dr. Berlin's office, she had taught me how to do correct like perineal massage. And so I was pretty diligent about using this like triple triple rose oil that my acupuncture had had given me in doing the perineal massage. And I didn't tear at all with Kit, which is kind of, I feel like A, it's impressive because sometimes when you get a stitch, it's like a little bit tighter. And B, because she had come so fast, like I would almost expect to tear more than I had before, or at least re-tear what I had torn before. But not tearing had made all the difference in the world. And I did some of the sits fast, but I really think the perineal massage with the rose oil was like game changer because I didn't have, there was such, there wasn't like the pain that I had when I had worked with the occupational therapist. So not having that healing part of the journey of the first 40 days is like you feel like in two or three days, you feel much, much better because you're not like sore down there. You don't have a stitch and it's not like, I don't know. It's an uncomfortable healing part if you've, if you've torn even at all, one stitch or whatever. Um, Which is so interesting that one stitch could have that effect. I had like 45 stitches. You did? Yeah, the first time. None the second. But... I remember showing up to Kimberly Johnson. She was like, why are you here? And I was like, well, I think I might have scar tissue. I got like 45 stitches. She started laughing hysterically. She's like, yeah, you got some scar tissue to work through. Yeah, but there's always a place for healing everyone. So don't don't freak out. But I do think that's really an important aspect that we can do so much preventative care once we know. But it's finding practitioners that really know about that, you know? And I know a lot of midwives do preach about doing the perineal massage before birth, which I never could get into. I just was like, eh. but I did oil up a lot down there. So I also think staying super hydrated in those tissues will help open and expand and obviously not like be a brittle. Like if you think about it, if it's dry and brittle, it's going to crack that much easier. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that like you could do the massage like right after birth. Like I probably should, in order to reduce scar tissue, I probably should have done it like more soon after Dakota was born. Once again, who has got time for such things? But if you did have time, you know, <laughs> be a good idea. <laughs> Saves you a lot of like being super anal about your massages. Um, but now I would say, you know, I have to be careful because I'm more prone to just hopping back into things and not resting and relaxing. So, which is why I really wanted to do the 40 days because while I do work from home, there's something for me about being bound to my house. Like I don't go beyond my front gate that still allows me to like work and see friends and like certain hop back in in certain ways, but it prevents me from going like full, full blown like I normally would. Um, it just kind of like tapers at that that much more. And I don't I don't have like a lineage or a cultural tradition of the first 40 days. So there's a lot of like freedom in, you know, I do try and stick to warm foods. McLean knows I'm horrible about wearing socks. She literally had to rummage and go find a pair of socks. Like they're not even close by in her closet. I was like, why aren't your socks on? She's like, oh, I have to find them from the last birth. I was like, what? What is happening? <laughs> They're very binding. We live in LA. Like, how often are you wearing socks unless you're working out? Every single day of my life, I'm always wearing socks. 
because <laughs> I'm still very Vata in balance. I have to wear socks. My feet are always cold. I guess that makes me what I'm Kapha, I think. Well, you're probably a mix of different ones, but everyone postpartum is Vata and balanced. Yeah. But I know I, uh, I run pretty warm. So, uh, socks just aren't part of my, re- my repertoire. Um, but anyway, I do try and like stick to that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've tried to line up help so that I have help with my toddler. Cause I think second time around, that's really tricky. Like she has stuff that she has to do. And luckily my husband is in, around for the first three weeks. So, you know, all of her care is, is pretty, is way easier. And then my mom's coming next week. So, you know, just finding the people that can help me like take her to school and, and whatnot, even if it's like making my own food, at least I'm still here at the house. Yeah. And you did, I mean, I cooked a little bit, but not much for you. So you also got mother bees, mother bees, which is great just to have stuff in the fridge. And then you can always add your own riff on it or different things to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was easy. Cause like, you know, Billy's caring for Dakota. So it's easier for him to just grab a meal from the fridge and heat it up for me. And obviously I'd love like this beautiful Kitri Ayurvedic meal, but you know, we take a, <laughs> We take what we can get sometimes. <laughs> and it's nutritious and it's healing and warm. Because you're so, your immune system is so weak after birth. And of course, my daughter starts school like the Monday after I give birth. So pretty for sure she brought this home. But, you know, I got hand, like basically a cousin of hand, foot and mouth disease in my first 40 days, which is <laughs> like the second week, right? Second week, it's just like enormous blisters on your throat. So like I'm not able to kiss either of the girls and I'm trying to like make sure to like, you know, that they don't can contract it because obviously Kit's only like a week or two weeks old at this point. And so, you know, there's definitely some tricky things. So, I mean, on a good note, that did force me to be horizontal and in my bed and find my socks and really take care of myself because I had to get better. Cause like then I couldn't, I couldn't even help Billy with like small things or I couldn't even do anything at all. So feeling better now. And, um, it's, it's just, I feel like it's, it's worth it to me to go through the trouble to line up the help for the first 40 days because it allows me whatever time I can with a kit. And and granted, those of you that have had more than one kid, you know that like um, you do have to focus a lot on the toddler, but also being at home, I'm not distracted by a lot of things. So in those small moments, I get a lot of like one-on-one time with kit to learn her quirks and, you know, we're learning each other too. Mm-hmm. And you still are with her. I mean, all the time. It just feels so different because- Toddlers are so active and that's what you're used to now. And then, you know, babies really sleep all the time and and nurse, which she's doing so well. And thanks, Spirit, your breastfeeding journey is awesome. And you are a copious producer. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel like is your biggest challenge? I mean, I guess it's with Dakota, but like, what, how does that manifest in feeling for you? What your biggest challenge is for you right now? Um, I think my biggest challenge is like, like you said, it is the, the toddler and the Dakota aspect because her and I are like so connected and, and, you know, like a lot of moms and their kids. I'm not, I don't think I'm special in that way, but, um, I wanted to make sure that she felt like seen and included and like nothing really had changed for her. 
And I feel like so far we've done pretty well at that, you know? And it also like having Billy home and me having to stay home has forced the two of them into like a really nice dynamic and get, getting to know each other even better because it takes, because I have to stay home. So you can't keep her home. He takes her to the beach, he takes her to the park and things like that. So just making sure that she feels like supported and not like ousted from her position, you know? So it gives the, it gives Kit and Dakota the chance to build a little relationship because she's all about babies. Like she is so obsessed with babies and like there's been one or two times where we've told her she can't give Kit a kiss and it's like full meltdown city. Like she just really, really wants to love on her little sister, which is very sweet. Um, we just have to keep her from like picking her up and carrying her across the room. <laughs> have to get her to say safety element. And then did you want to have a second this soon? Was that kind of like part of your quote unquote plan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we did want to have a second this close because I just wanted it to get it over with to a certain extent. And not in a way that like I don't appreciate it, but like once I'm done with diapers, I want to be done with diapers. I want to be done with bottles. I want to be done with like that phase. Like I don't want to hang on to all these little things and then have to break them back out or buy new ones or, you know. I also like, because I work for myself and I have so many hobbies, I can feel, you can, as a mom, you can feel like that return. (laughs) That where you can feel that like return to yourself in a certain way. And I knew if I got too far down that track, like it would be hard to convince me to go back to being pregnant again. And like, it's hard. I did it. It's very bizarre. I mean, I kind of loved it and it was perfect timing for me, but I hear everything you're saying and it's all accurate. It was so bizarre to go back to diapers. To go back to all that. And also like you, like you've talked about, it's like you, you were pregnant and you're like, wait, I had it made. Like I had a a seven-year-old at the time, six-year-old time doing all this stuff for herself. Wait, why did I go backwards? (laughs) It's wild. It's like, what did I do with all that free time with one kid? But the thing is, whatever your life is, you fill it up, right? But I do think about that still often is, wow, this would be so different with one kid. But at the same time, I'm so happy I had a second. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's all of it all the time, you know? But um, I totally hear you on wanting just to have it, have it um, all kind of closer to one time. But see, then for me, I would not have been able to handle it graciously or well having them that close together. But you are really good at that. Like you're, We'll see. I'm 17 days into it. No, you can. It's it's a different personality type. You know, it's a different energetic type. You are an energizer bunny. I don't even understand. Like it's it's just different. It's not good or you know. Neither is really good or bad. I just know myself. I think that's really important for every woman and every mother to know your energy levels. What is your what is your nervous system? Um, kind of like rim, like where where are you getting dangerously close, not being able to handle it? And then really course correcting or being aware of that to make educated choices. Because I do find that some women that have close back-to-back don't really think about it and aren't honest with the output. And you can see they really go down, you know, because it's too much for their system. Yeah, I feel like because... 
so Dakota has a ton of energy and I feel like I spent a lot of my pregnancy in like when I was doing meditation, like trying to be, not that I had a challenging pregnancy at all, but like I was, I, I get really big and I'm not as like physically functional as I'm used to being. I'm usually a very busy person and I just physically couldn't do it with Dakota. You know, I was still able to like ride our bike and do stuff like that, but it was, it was limited. And so I knew that I would need more energy just for the pregnancy alone, much less like this second part. So I tried to really concentrate on expanding that and like calling as much energy in as I possibly know how. And I do that a lot like through Kundalini. I think that's the best method I have for that. I agree. It's, I think you really have to do that when you have more than one kid is just expand, expand, expand. It's like energetically you have to reach each day kind of bigger, but also feel like we're being called to that anyway, even if you don't have kids with what's the state of the world right now and just spiritually where we all are. So it's an interesting time. Oh, how have you liked the vaginal steaming and the Abhyanga? How has that felt to you this time around? Yeah, the vaginal steaming has been, because I did that some maybe like with Dakota, not, you know, the what I did care-wise with her wasn't this kind of offering. And so um, it's just been like a really nice shedding. And it's been fun to like actually share it on Instagram too, because I find a lot of people are super curious about it. Some people literally thought I was kidding. They're like, you steam your what? I was like, how is this? No, you don't know what this where have we been? And so it's been really fun to share with other people, take pictures when you're here to show people what that's like. Obviously you can't show them the outcome because um, that's graphic, but I've felt like I've felt and seen, you know, that old blood just like moving out of me and through me, which I think will be really nice when, you know, my moon returns and it'll probably feel really fresh. And the Abiyangas have been great, like very healing in a way that like, I mean, who doesn't love a massage period? That always feels like that kind of inner, like that kind of personal touch is always so nice. But I mean, the head, we've spoken about this, the head massage, I think is my favorite part. I know that's not like the point of the Abhyanga, but there's something like about caring for two kids. It's like so much in, it's so much in our heads at certain points that like having that space like rubbed and cared for is it's amazing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the reason I like, I mean, we're obviously friends. That's, that's nice. But you also realize that like, you're like, you feel good? I'm like, yeah, I feel done. <laughs> you don't, you know, you can kind of read when like, I feel, I feel good and complete. You know, some people are so hung up on like having to do the whole, whole thing or it's not complete. But the point of it is really to complete my energy, you know, um, and you're really good at reading that. And I mean, I, I could take a massage forever, but I would also, I like to, you know me, I like to move on with my day. <laughs> I like to keep going. Let's wrap it up, lady. No, but I think I'm glad that you feel that um, because, you know, one of the, my intentions with the care that I'm giving, and I, you know, I think all care is great, but just as a mom now of two, time is very limited and our energy is very limited. And um, like when I learned Abhyanga, it was not as much of a head rub. 
I go way long on the head rub because I think that's what we need. We're so vata, we're so in our head, we're thinking so much. It's over, over, overthinking. And so um, I like to really start with that and then you're just like dropped in and then can like kind of release into it. But I think that's a really beautiful do-it-yourself moment also to say to the listeners is like, you don't have to have a professional massage either. You can do so much good oiling care to yourself, self-abhyanga and really get benefits. I do it for the kids as well. It's a great way like, um, and I did this with Dakota too. It's a great way to connect with the baby. And I think there's like a lot of, I don't know the statistics on this, but there's a lot of like people that have talked about that kind of physical touch with babies, like really is there's something about the connections in their brain it helps facilitate. Um, so a warm oil massage, like after, you know, you rinse them off with water or whatever else is, is so nice. We still do that to a certain extent with Dakota. It's a little more squirmy, but. It's so nice. I do that with both of mine at night and it really slows the whole system down and they sleep so much better. And also, you know, if you follow Mythic Medicine, she has a whole beautiful podcast on body oiling and it's actually a huge part of our immune systems. Uh, you know, we know this, our skin is our biggest organ and really coating it. I mean, it makes sense. You're actually creating a barrier for your skin and germs. So as you move in through, you know, autumn and into winter, it's just a really great healing tool, and prevention tool. Yeah. And then for them, you know, you're a raw nerve, but they're really a raw nerve. Their nervous systems are so open. So I'm such a firm believer in the oil and the baby massage. And, you know, it's so funny because people always want me to teach them, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, baby massage. And it's literally like you just rub your baby in oil and like do what's intuitive, you know, circles on the joints, long strokes on the bones. Like it's so easy and they love it so much. Yeah. Towards the heart, around the colon. And there are tons of YouTube videos you can obviously watch, but it's really an important piece to overall health. So I'm glad we're doing it for you. Anything else you feel like you'd like to add or do you feel like you've kind of come to completion with your story? I just, I like, I encourage people, even if you don't have a tradition of the, <laughs> even if you don't have a tradition. That was the husband peeking in the door. Even if you don't have a tradition of the first 40 days or, you know, I encourage you to try and take some time to slow down and like put yourself on lockdown to, to learn your baby. And that's what you and I were talking about while we were warming up lunch and whatnot, but because they're new and they're different from your other baby and they're, they, you know, you, it's, it's going to be helpful in the long run to try and spend the one-on-one time with them to learn what their quirks are, even this early, like, how do they like this? How do they like this? And being at home gives you the space for that, where you're not trying to like, you know, breastfeed in a restaurant, but you don't really know how they like to do that. Um, I think, the first time around, especially, it gave me a lot of confidence to be able to just like, I knew Dakota was a good breastfeeder, so I knew I could be anywhere. I knew I could be walking and holding her and doing all these things. But I think that's also because I had the time to learn that with her. So I encourage you, even if it's, I mean, 40 days can be a long time in this day and age, but if you can do like a few weeks, I think it's helpful. Yeah. And make it at your own. Mm -hmm. But I do really, I want to hammer that point home because it's so important that this is not just some like catch phrase or this thing to do. It it all is for a specific reason to get your healing underway, 
in body, mind, and spirit, and then to really get to know your baby and establish breastfeeding and all the other things, but to really honor where you are with this little new soul and not project your other kids' stuff onto them. Because that's what we know. It's like, oh, I know how to be a mom to Jemima. Now I'm really still figuring out how to be a mom, you know, to Goldie. And also, you know, we this is a whole other topic, but I just want to touch on it briefly is I'm a big proponent of help. I think all help and support is great. <laughs> She's just coughing a little. <laughs> but there's something to, especially during the 40 days, to be mindful about what help you are bringing into the home because the more help that you have, I mean, on the one hand, it's great to have help and support, obviously. That's like my whole mission in life. But there can be this thing of, maybe hiring too much help too early. And so you haven't given yourself to really get to know your baby. And like I've openly talked about nice night nurses. We had night nurse um, Val, who I adore, kind of off and on just a couple of times here and there and to help with sleep training and stuff. Um, but something I just do want to make note of, I have seen in some of my clients that have night nurses like from day one, it does affect the bond that you're having with your baby because you aren't learning the traits. You aren't learning what the cries mean. You aren't learning if that's hunger, if that's distress, things like that. So again, I think all help is great. It's just really important for people to be mindful of when they're calling in that help and knowing that the first six weeks, the first 40 days is the fourth trimester and it is actually part of this journey of bringing the baby earthside. You know, it's kind of like that, second bookend you have the first second third trimester this is the fourth closing up the fourth at six weeks so what does what Davy always say she's like and I think this goes for post postpartum too she's like think about each person at your, at your birth as an extra hour so every person you invite to your birth both energetically or physically adds makes your birth longer I don't know I just remember her saying that to me so when I was like thinking about do you want your mom do you want your sisters do you want you know who are you going to tell that you're in labor? Because all of those. Yeah. Energetically, you're not kind of taking care of those people and opened up the gates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And that definitely feeds into what visitors you're allowing in the first 40 days. I actually did a whole talk on that when I did the totem takeover this morning of, you know, even the people you love in your life, your best friends, if the energy is so, so high and the excitement is so high, that's actually not healing for you during their first 40 days. It's exhausting. When they leave after an hour, you're so depleted. And that, you know, day after day, it's like you're not, you're not filling your bank back up with sleep and rest. So being very mindful of the energy and who you really want to come. And, you know, now that the 40 days is being more and more talked about, I do feel like people are more open about it. You can send them books. You can send them a PDF saying, we want to honor this. Please be respectful. It's not personal. We can't wait to have you after we're through our first six weeks together as a new family. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, people will have their own feelings and that's totally cool and that's their right. But it it doesn't need, you don't need to be bending what you feel in your soul is right for you and your family to please others. Like this is not that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh not to bring Davy back into it, but she also, whether you want to or not, she's going to hang that sign on your door that says, stay 20 minutes and clean a dish or bring groceries. And it's like... Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We we forget that that's actually how we visit someone's house. Totally. I know. Bring something, bring a warm soup, bring a tea, 
do a load of laundry, put a dish, you know, whatever you can, dishwasher load, mm-hmm. and then skedaddle. <laughs> and then get out. <laughs> because you don't know what your night's going to hold, you know, and you might be up all night. So anyway, thank you so much for sharing your journey. It's been such an honor to be here with you and you're just, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah. It's all, it's, you're a part of that. So I appreciate your help. Well, you've done a lot of pre- preparation and you're also, you're so present And I think we reduce a lot of anxiety and fear when you're just present in it and then figuring out as you go, you know? So big kudos to you. Lots of love, J-Ma. J-Ma.